Hey everyone, welcome back to The Daily Blend Show. This is the weekly rundown with me, Reed Daily. If you're new around here, this is the segment of the show where we feature things that I thought were notable and interesting across business, technology, and culture. So it's a little broader than the Friday Top 5. Friday Top 5 is more just like kind of things I'm into. This is more just kind of current events if you were to distill it down. Uh, Before we jump in the show, I want to remind you all ideas, thoughts are my own. And if you like this show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. You can, of course, follow Daily Blend on Twitter and Instagram. We're also now posting all shows over on YouTube. And, of course, dailyblend.com. All right, with all that said, let's jump into the show because we've got a lot to unpack this week. So we're going to start off the show talking about some sports, and uh, it seems as though the world is finally recognizing that we are in the World Cup season. The U.S. national team tied Wales 1-1 yesterday. I was really excited for the way that the U.S. team came out. They came out firing a lot of energy really owned the uh, the pace of the game in the first half. And then sort of in the second half, they let Wales back into it. Wales got a PK and tied it up 1-1. There was a couple times, in fact, where I was nervous that Wales were going to win. In fact, one of the players basically should have gotten red carded because he took out his uh, LAFC teammate so that he couldn't chip the goalkeeper who was probably out, I don't know, 20, 25 yards. So that would have that would have ended the game for sure because I, I think that would have been an easy one to put in. But um, nonetheless, we've got one point. So I think the stats I heard were those that get a single point in the first game have a 56 or 58% chance of making it onto the uh, single elimination round or out of the group. And obviously those that win their first game have something more like an 82, I think is the number that I've been uh, provided. Uh, So, you know, you'd like to win, but uh, happy that we got at least one point coming out of that. In terms of basketball, I'm, you know, heavy on the Bucks this year. It's just after going to my first game, it's just so much easier to get there, park, deal with all the the things that are going to a stadium. So I'm big on the Bucks. Adonis, uh, the the star player, I've never seen someone just totally, um, well, I shouldn't say never. I saw Shaq play. So uh, since Shaq, there haven't been that many people that struggled on the, you know, free throw line. But, uh, you know, the Bucks lost to the 76ers, 102 to 110. Still no James Harden there. You know, I wonder if they will actually ever bring him back or just try to trade him out. Uh, anyway, uh, the Bears beat or sorry, the Bears lost to the Falcons. Uh, if you know me, you know I lived in Atlanta about half my life, so it was interesting to see my dirty birds playing the Bears. Uh, I was happy for the Falcons, I suppose. Uh, I don't have a ton of allegiance to the Bears, and my Cowboys were off, so, you know, it's all about soccer for the next month. All right, so let's jump into some of the tech headlines. So Bob Iger is returning to lead Disney as CEO. He plays his Bob Chapek, so you got Bob 1, Bob Iger, and Bob 2, Bob Chapek, uh, who is stepping down immediately. So if you follow this one, 
you know a couple things are happening with Disney. First of all, their stock price has gone down. Second of all, there is a bit of streaming wars. And the uh, Bob Chepik had a couple misfires as the uh, CEO, if you will. Bob Iger likely is going to jump in. And based on past interviews that I've listened to, there's probably going to be some acquisitions in his future just based on comments he's made no insider information or anything like that so i'll be very interested to see how disney looks to expand either their digital content uh, creation publication extensions or if they look to make uh you know more operational cuts or changes there to the bottom line one of the big things i always think about is uh, after going to Target this weekend, it's just how much stuff gets made in and around these Disney movies. Everything from the animation movies to the live-action movies, it's all the toys and games and things. So if you could find a way to distribute that in a more seamless or direct-to-consumer manner that was easier for the user to search it, find it, purchase it, I think that would be a win-win. I'm not sure if that's really Twitter or Instagram, uh, probably something more like a Pinterest, something that's much more visually uh, associated to like curation and search by images. Uh, I guess you could you could argue that that could be Instagram, but Pinterest probably likely seems like a better acquisition for them. Um, and then uh, you know, getting back to making more blockbuster, more Marvel movies. I don't know how many more are in store but uh the one i'm most excited about is blade and i heard they got a new director so i am fingers crossed that that movie will actually come out sometime in the next three to five years i've been waiting a long time for that one this next story which i'm guessing has timing because of the world cup is the fact that the new york city football club has a new stadium If you're less familiar with uh, New York City Football Club, they are one of the more recent expansion teams into the MLS. They've been playing their games out of Yankee Stadium. And uh, for those of us who grew up playing soccer, like myself, anytime you've got to play on top of a baseball stadium in that nasty sand, it's just a terrible experience for the players. And then from a fan's perspective, you're just really far away from the game. So um, there are currently two teams in and around what I'll call the New York City area. You've got the Red Bulls playing in New Jersey, and you have, like I said, NYFC playing out of Yankee Stadium. Well, the club is going to foot the $780 million bill for a new venue. It'll be the centerpiece of a redeveloped Willits Point area that eliminates dilapidated auto shops making way for stadiums and a 250-room hotel and 2,500 units of housing and a school. So I, you know, I lived in Queens for, I think, seven years going to St. John's. The area in and around what is now City Field is just, it's just run down. It's just beat up. And the fact that they're going to revitalize that with not only a stadium that's going to be 25,000 seats, uh, the fact that they're going to put a hotel and housing, it sort of reminds me of some of the playbooks I'm seeing certainly down in Atlanta with uh, their new facility and uh, what I've seen here in Chicago with the revitalization of Wrigleyville. These stadiums are getting smart or these franchises are getting smart and saying they can capture 
more revenue by having sort of a, a destination experience. So you're not just coming for one game, you're staying for the whole weekend. You're not just living around the stadium and going to games. You are going to their bars, going to their restaurants, in this case, staying at their hotels or living in the condo units. So um, it's supposedly going to be done by 2027 per the New York Times. I am not sure. I believe that the World Cup is going to be 2026, and I think all the stadiums already picked. So they're not likely going to be available for the U.S. uh, hosting of the World Cup. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fantastic-looking new stadium based on the artist renderings that I've seen online uh, about what it could look like. Okay, in in different type of news, you know, we talked about, you know, just construction here. We're going to talk about Airbnb's co-founder, Joe Giba, uh, Geba, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, is launching Backyard, a project that will build tiny houses and homeowners' backyards. Listing prices for Backyard Homes are somewhere between a 430-square-foot studio and a 550-square-foot one-bedroom. They'll start at $289,000 and $329,000. So one would assume that if you have the appropriate room in your backyard, you basically buy these, they drop them in, sort of like a shed. That's how I'm picturing this. And then you're, you're renting them out via Airbnb. So you're making your property in Airbnb. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if people, you know, have a lot of land and then go buy multiples of these or if, you know, every person just becomes a hotel just like every person for a while started to it seemed like was renting out their their cars for Uber. Um, this is not the first tiny house or backyard property uh, developer that I've seen. Uh, it seems like it's more of a trend I'd love to see the data in terms of just millennials looking to downsize or not buy as large of a purchase of a home. One just has to assume that just seeing sort of the the baby boomer generation struggle in the 2008 downturn and then, you know, having these monster homes, it's like, do we really need that big of a property? So I think you've got really two audiences here. You've got the individuals who just want a smaller footprint and would rather travel the world and then those that just want to rent it out in terms of, you know, generate revenue through like an Airbnb. Last news in terms of more like national or global uh, business, uh, Tom Ford, uh, the fashion and beauty uh, house was purchased by Estee Lauder, beating out Caring, and purchased it for $2.8 billion, making uh, the, the founder a billionaire. If you don't know much about Tom Ford, he was instrumental to reviving Gucci, also worked at Yves Saint Laurent. He is a film writer and uh, director, and he's a pretty talented guy. Uh, this acquisition kind of helps put Estee Lauder in a little more of a competitive uh, place to Caring and LVMH. Uh, you know, I don't know much more on the specifics of the deals in terms of if Tom's sticking around, one would assume he would in some capacity. But hats off to Tom and his team for, you know, making this sale over to Estee Lauder. What I'm going to be interested in, too, is if there's going to be any brand synergies between Tom Ford's physical brick-and-mortar locations and Estee Lauder. When you look at, like, the Estee Lauder portfolio of stores, you've got a ton of footprints in terms of their their sub-brands and where they're placed. So some of the uh, the stores, like their origin stores, 
have their own physical kind of standalone brick and mortar, whereas other you know, outposts are in, you know, malls, stores, or department stores like the Nordstrom's. Obviously, Tom Ford exists in some of those ecosystems. So, you know, there could be some consolidation uh, across the, the the different physical stores. You could also see some of the technology. Uh, I could potentially see that where whoever has the sort of superior tech, either Estee Lauder or Tom Ford, in terms of their uh, order fulfillment, supply chain, or front of the house uh, e-commerce system could be then platformed or used as the platform for the other brand. Um, I'm just not that familiar with either one's sort of like front end, back end. But that just seems like the logical step. So it will be uh, very interesting to see if uh, Estee Lauder goes after any additional acquisitions in the coming years to continue to compete with the LVMH group. Moving from what I'll call like national or global news, let's talk about a couple brands that I am excited about, that I follow, that you know I want to uh, shed a little light on. So we've got Sporty and Rich, which was Emily Oberg, uh, is the founder of this. If you are a sneakerhead, you will know her from her days at Complex. She was, I would call it like a writer or content cr- contributor. I almost think of her and uh, Speedy Mormon as sort of like Complex's version of the MTV VJ with a you know a little more of a like a writing and kind of narrative kind of delivery versus just a host. Anyway, she left Complex a number of years ago, started Sporty and Rich. It is I, I'm trying to define the brand. They do their own clothing. They do clothing collaborations. She's written or authored a book, and the latest is with the Adidas Originals. And if you've like followed her and the brand, there's sort of like a 90s aesthetic to it. So this collaboration just feels appropriate. And, and you know, you've seen some of these collaborations where it's just like two brands coming together and it doesn't make sense. This one makes total sense. I thought the the execution from what I've seen on the web images looks fantastic. Uh, and hats off to you, Emily, and uh, your team for putting this together. Looking forward to seeing not only the footwear that comes out, but uh, some of the soft good pieces that I've seen. All right, uh, next up is Milwaukee Boot Company. So I've gone back and forth with the team uh, up in Milwaukee uh, to try to get them on the show and just schedules haven't worked out, but we're going to get there. Um, I'm shedding some light on them, not only just because they're doing a pretty killer um, you know, Black Friday uh, sale or holiday sale, however you want to think about it. But they make their own, uh, their handcrafted boots that are made in Milwaukee, which I think is just amazing. You know, kind of manufacturing in America is a big deal to me. I'm, I'm just a big proponent of it. I do uh, engage with quite a few manufacturers uh, in, in terms of my daily interactions with my nine to five job over at, uh, you know, my, 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 my big job. And, um, yeah, I think they do a really nice job. They've got a bunch of other um, soft goods um, and bags. So go check them out. I've put a link into the description for them. And then kind of going down that sort of like, what are you going to do for the holidays in terms of gifts? Uh, Jack Rudolph. uh, This is another brand that I'm a big fan of. It's out of, I believe, South Carolina. could be North Carolina. Um, But uh, Jack... Uh, Rudolph is the name, I believe, of the grandfather of the founder, and I've bought some of their their other products in the past. I think I've bought their their simple syrup for tonic. 
uh, or tonic syrup rather, not simple syrup. But they've got an old-fashioned kit, which is just perfect uh, for this time of the year. It comes with syrups and jars and cherries and all that good stuff. Uh, I've put a link to that in there. Um, John Geiger, who I've started to, to kind of look at in terms of both uh, the the direct-to-consumer uh, model that he's got as well as just kind of what he's doing in terms of number of SKUs he's bringing out to the market. I featured him on the Friday Top 5 for one of his new um, shoes that came out more recently. Well, he's doing a mystery box, and in one of the mystery boxes is a Rolex. So for $380, you have the chance to win a Rolex, which I think is pretty pretty great marketing from John and his team. So go check it out. You can get some uh, shoes from him that are, you know, the uh, the ones that maybe were, he described them as mystery box shoes that, uh, I think I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but essentially that they are uh, designs, one-offs. They can be kind of other things that are in productions, but go check it out. It's pre- pretty cool, the marketing that they've done. And then lastly, uh, from a news Native Instruments. So uh, this is a one of my favorite uh, DJ tech companies. This is not a confirmation, but there was an image of what looks like some sort of different uh, hardware. Now this could have just been like some repurposed or you know artist rendering, but it looks like there could be some new equipment coming out. It's they've been pretty quiet with some of their DJ equipment, and the fact that they're we're seeing more stems and more drum drum loop. Uh, drum sequencing uh, coming out of them. I totally could see them coming out with new equipment for the holidays. Time for some shameless uh, self-promotion. So my partner in crime, Greg Larson, and I have a show called Negronis with Greg. Uh, Catchy nickname, don't you think? Or catchy show name, I should say. Uh, We finally have episode number two up on Apple Podcast and Spotify. If and also YouTube, sorry, I forgot about that. But uh, basically, what Greg and I are doing is running through Matt Horanek's uh, book, The Negroni, a classic cocktail. Um, and uh, there are 31 recipes in the book. Greg and I evaluated on taste, balance, and look. Uh, we've got episode number three already in the can, as they would say in the biz. Uh, I'm never going to say that word again or that phrase again. Um, but yeah. We'll have episode number two is up, and episode number three will be out sometime next week. We're actually recording episode number four this evening, so we'll be sure to post uh, some content over at our Instagram page. That is Negronis with Greg on Instagram of who made the better drink out of the two. All right, jumping from you know shameless self-promotion of my podcast with Greg over to Daily Blends, Music Monday. So this week we had William Edward Phillip, also known as Tourist. This was an album that was shared with me through my text chain with my buddies down in Atlanta. Uh, the album that I really liked or kind of had featured was Wild, which was one of the best descriptions for an album. You know, it's he's uh, there's definitely some like somber tones to this album, but it's it's not depressing music. It's not sad music. Uh, it also made me really feel like I needed to go out for a long walk in the wild. I think I described it um, on the post as I, I listened to this album and it made me want to drive to the nearest uh, national park and go for a long hike. But anyway, go check him out. I've got it linked over at Daily Blend. In terms of 
new uh, adventures. Uh, I just got back from Arkansas for a fishing trip uh, in Lobo Landings, Heber Falls. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I've linked the the guide and the tour company that I went to. Highly recommend it. It was a lot of fun. I think I caught. 15 or so fish. I think my brother got 25, if that was my right count, and we were there for two days. In terms of uh, sneaker wins and losses, this was a big week for sneakers. We had the Jordan 1 Lost and Found. This is the kind of OG Chicago red, black, and white color, big, big white kind of in the front. I took a big fat L, and now they are trading for $400 on StockX and 500 over at Stadium Goods, which someone's going to need to explain to me why would I ever buy from Stadium Goods at $100 more than what StockX is sort of selling the shoes at. Um, well, I did take an L there. We are getting into sort of snowy winter icy months, and I have a dog. So I got the Nike Lunar Force One. They're basically an Air Force One winter boot. I'm pretty darn excited to break those out of the box. And then, uh, as always, go check out last week's Friday Top 5. Uh, we had a lot of good stuff over there in terms of stories. Um, I was really happy with, uh, you know, kind of just putting that, that out. We talked about some of the new stuff coming out of Umbro, thanks to the World Cup. We talked about my buddy Neil Pavevis and his new book coming out, which I'm really uh, hats off to Neil. Uh, some of the new DJ tech and hardware coming out of Pioneer. Um, some very fun basketball t-shirts uh, that is a cross collaboration with the Grateful Dead. So a lot of good stuff. Go have a listen. Go check it out at dailyblend.com. And with that said, that wraps up the episode. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify. The shows are also put up on YouTube. Don't forget to like Daily Blend at Daily Blend on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Check me out. I am probably a little more active than I used to be on Twitter. I just have to say that like all the, the sort of hype that's been going on in and around what Eli's doing uh, or Elon's doing with Twitter is just pretty darn interesting. I also just think they've started to launch better features uh, or maybe I just know them a little better now. So uh, maybe we'll try out one of the spaces events in the near future. Maybe we'll do that for like a sneaker release or kind of talking through some top tens. Uh, and then we'll probably do a little capture and put it over on this, uh, this channel here. But either way, uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the Friday Top 5 later this week after the big turkey day. Mm-hmm.